Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome, new listeners, to I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. I have been doing this podcast since April of 2013, and I have always been a podcast fanatic. I love listening to podcasts. I love hearing people talk about their lives. And the reason I started this podcast was at the time, I was on a TV show called Chelsea Lately, where I was appearing nightly, making jokes about celebrities. And then people could also see me on Drunk History, where I was getting wasted talking about history. And nobody really seemed to know who I was. Did they think people thought I was drunk like that all the time? Or they thought, oh, Jen only cares about Lindsay Lohan. And I felt like, you know what? I really want people to know who I am. And unfortunately, when I was on the road a lot, people would be at my shows screaming out, let's get drunk or whatever. And I thought, oh, they don't really know me. I'm not that fun. And so as a joke, I said, I'm going to do a podcast called I Seem Fun, meaning, but I'm not. And then I called it the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast because it was supposed to be a once a week and it still is solo podcast where I talk about what went on with me during the week, whether it's serious or silly, you know, kind of curmudgeon complaining, whether it's something going on in the world, something political. I've cried on this podcast. I've taken you guys deep into my life, breakups and get-back-togethers and family stuff. It's just like your friend talking to you who's rude and doesn't let you get a word in edgewise. And it's off the top of my head every week. I prepare briefly the topics I want to talk about, but that's it. It's just a fun free-for-all where you can just see the real me. And, uh, I hope you enjoy it. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can listen on Google Play. You can listen on Stitcher. You can listen on SoundCloud. And uh, I'll give you a review from the Onion AV Club. What makes I Seem Fun? The Diary of Jen Cockman. See, I can't even advertise my own fucking show. What makes I Seem Fun? The Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast funny is Kirkman's inherent knack for cultivating conflict, even talking into a microphone in a room by herself. Whether she's dissecting a negative iTunes review from an angry Christian or seriously considering a class action lawsuit against Robin Thicke for being gross, Kirkman is eternally embattled, but she tempers her cynicism with sweetness and more often than not, 
She's right. That is from the Onion AV Club. So if you're curious, well, I guess you can start with this episode and go through the backlog. If you want to stay, here comes the podcast. You're about to get on the ride. I see the I see the The Diary of Jack Kirkman. Seem fun, the diary of Jen Kirkman podcast coming at you, episode 247. How you doing, everybody? Oh, let's get this out of the way real quick. I want to let you know a couple exciting things. I've got some shows in San Francisco and Sacramento. I am not on tour. Come here, come there. It's just that I live in LA and this is the cool part about being a comedian with a fan base. I may not be as big as I want to be. But I got you guys, you love me. And I can just bop up to Sarah and go, hey, I want to make a couple bucks. You know? I don't know what my income is going to be in, in October, November. Let's, let's make a couple bucks in case uh, some writing work doesn't come in. Let's go up to Sacramento and San Francisco. It's been a while since I've been in Sacramento. I think two years. San Francisco, I was there last year. No, San Francisco. Sometimes. I used to have, to have trouble pulling a crowd there. And then last year blew up. Last year, Cobb sold out in like a few weeks and people couldn't get tickets. So I'm one night at Cobb's on Sunday, uh, November 11th. It is Veterans Day weekend. So maybe you'll have the next day off. And Saturday, I'll be in Sacramento at Harlow's back there, Saturday, November 10th. Tickets are on sale now at jenkirkman.com. Click tour dates and you, I'm begging you to buy them soon because we can add second shows to San Francisco if we need to. Um, if it sells out that night at the door and then other hundreds of people can't get in, then I can't do a second show. So if you think you're coming, buy tickets now. Buy them now. You can always sell them on, um, what's that fucking website? Sell them on StubHub after if you suddenly can't go at the last minute. I say that because I've sold like two things on StubHub and I think I'm like a baller now. I'm like, ooh, I don't know what that means. Um, things I couldn't go to. And I'm like, I'll put my ticket on StubHub. I'll take my, try my luck. And y- y- you never can believe it. There's always someone who, wa- who needs, there's always someone who needs what you're selling. So please get tickets to that. Um, it is new stuff. And, and it's going to be a lot of improvised and conversational and super fun. And that's kind of the direction I'm going is like storytelling and talking and, oh God, eventually, I mean, you don't even want to know eventually what I want to do with my comedy. I want <laughs> I want to do like a cabaret act. Okay, I won't put that on you right now, though. Not this year, not yet. And of course, um, my Christmas show, the seventh annual Jen Kirkman Dysfunctional Christmas show. Oh my God, last year was the best fucking one. It was unreal. I mean, you guys have to come back this year. So many fun special guests, a lot of repeat guests that I had last year. I I, I like the crew I had last year. I feel like we should keep doing it. Um, And of course... um, a portion of the proceeds gets donated to the LA Food Bank, as always. And if everyone brings a children's book, we donate donate those. We donate those to um, Barnes and Noble. They do a book drive every year, and they spread the books out to many different children's charities for children in need. Let's get the kids reading. So it's a wonderful night. It's for people who love and hate Christmas. Um, it's it's just beautiful, and it's my favorite show. And I promise you, it sells out every year. Seventh annual Jen Kirkman Dysfunctional Christmas Show. 
You may get tickets to that by going to improv.com, selecting Hollywood, and then scrolling to Thursday, December 6th. I got it nice and early. Hopefully it won't conflict with too many holiday parties that you already have. Get you kick off the season for you. Um, it should be on my website as well, but um, I've been having some trouble with my app that uploads um, my concert dates. So if it's not up there, then... I will uh, have it on the homepage of my website, jenkirkman.com, with a link. So we'll figure all that out. But just go to jenkirkman.com, and we'll get you, we'll get you those tickets. Um, hang on one second. I know this is unprofessional, but put link to Christmas show on homepage if I can't get fans in town to work. Okay. Hang on one second. One second, one second. Uh, okay, hang on. Hang on, hang on. I am still stuck. I can meet somewhere. Hang on a second. Sorry, making plans with a friend. Um, okay. Go to iTunes, give the show five stars, and subscribe. You can follow at Icing Fun Podcast on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Icing Fun Podcast. Send me an email, icingfun at gmail.com. And uh, go to allthingscomedy.com, which is the awesome, awesome collection of comics. And just, it's just the network. It's a network. <laughs> I can't think of words. It's the network that I'm on. Okay, so this week, we, I mean, last week I just talked about the ghost and the ghost and shut up. It took the whole episode, which is kind of cool. But that means I have a lot left over. So, um, okay, everybody, you have to stop apologizing to me. Every, first of all, I know this sounds rude. When I have an interaction with you, whether it's on Twitter or on, over email, in that moment, you are very personal to me. Then I immediately forget your name and it all blends together. And I'm so, I don't mean, I know that sounds so rude, but there's just so many people. There's thousands of people. So I don't know who originally told me that John Mulaney's as busy businesswoman in his act. Like it might not even have been a listener to this show. It might've been someone on Twitter. It was, I heard it from people on Instagram, on Twitter, on this. No one was accusing me of stealing. John Mulaney wouldn't care if I said it, but here's the deal. We try to avoid being basic bitches in comedy. You know what I'm saying? You know how you're on Facebook and your aunt is like, yes, queen. And you're like, oh my God, that's been over for three years. Like you didn't know what it was when it was. And you think you're so creative for saying it, even though you are appropriating another thing and you're not even allowed to appropriate it because you don't even have any friends that are uh, not, uh, you know, straight, white, and whatever. So it's like that. It's like if everyone else wants to say busy businesswoman because they heard John Mulaney say it, that's cool. Like as a comedian, I want everyone to quote me all the time and say things that I say, give me credit, of course, but you want your words to get into the lexicon, right? Like Oprah aha moment, you know, but when we say it as comedians, like we're very sensitive to like, oh, I'm not saying that that's his thing, you know, because then you become like a basic bitch. Like you're like the aunt on Facebook. Who's like, Hey girl, you know, and it's just like, ugh, like get your own thing to say, you know? Um, 
And, and then also I don't want it to sound like I'm stealing him. So I don't know how busy businesswoman got in my head. Then I had to have the very real talk with myself, real talk, hashtag. And I said, maybe a friend of mine in the real world said busy businesswoman to me because they heard it somewhere and it all traces back to John Mulaney. And now I'm just being a basic bitch who's saying like, yada, 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 like Seinfeld, you know what I mean? And so I don't want to talk that way. That's just, that's just bad, um, comedianing. So you guys helped me. If I had found out about it on my own, which I would have, like you helped me. I I don't want to be some basic bitchiosity on here. Now I know I say things like that and, but it's just different. I don't know how to explain it. And the other thing is like, it's his word. Now, was he using it for a Hallmark movie? No, but we don't need it. If you want to say it in your private life, I'm going to say it in my private life too, but I'm not going to say it in a performative way. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being a basic on your own. Like I'm a basic on my own. I say things that are like in the public lexicon, but I don't want to say it in my performances. That's what I'm saying. And (laughs) believe it or not, this fucking thing is a performance. Okay. Speaking of though, can we start getting excited? Can we start getting excited for the season? What season, Jen? The season of fucking Hallmark movies. Um, I don't even think you understand some of the ones that uh, I'm already hearing about it. Like, I can't even wait. Let me read you this one. Oh, hang on. Whoops. What? Why is Frank Sinatra's so like, his is so like depressing all the time. This is a good one. Okay. This is. Homegrown Christmas features Lori Laughlin as a socialite who loses everything when her husband is arrested for insider trading. In shame, she returns to the small town she grew up in, where she is awkwardly reunited with her family, as well as a former flame, and given a lesson in the meaning of Christmas. Oh my God, isn't that something to live for? Time of year when Hallmark releases 40,000 movies, every one you see is the same. Merry Christmas. May your job be vague and overwhelming at the office. And this podcast of mine points out that... Okay, I can't do it. I'm in like the quiet area of this um, women's workspace, the wing, and people are staring at me like, um, hello. Well, I'm in like a quiet booth that's supposed to be soundproof, but I don't think it is. So that one I love, like insider trading, that's like a we haven't seen that yet in a Hallmark movie. That's some like zeitgeisty stuff. Like that 
is um, of the moment stuff. I mean, I guess Martha Stewart, you know, she she introduced us laymen to, to all that. Um, but I just can't wait for them to explain insider trading in their Hallmark dialogue way. Like, well, what, well, what money? Well, so then the stocks went up. So, oh, but he shouldn't have known about them going up before they went up. Well, he didn't know the account was, you know, it's just going to be great. And I love how she's in shame. It's like, it's her husband that did it, not her. Why do the woman has to be ashamed? She should be like, oh, you know, in shame. And then she's going to get reunited with her former flame. He's going to like own a hardware store or something real working class, you know? And she's going to be like, I guess I can be, you know, poor <laughs> to her. That would be poor. And uh, I guess the lesson of Christmas is like, just meet someone new right away. You know, <laughs> it's all, oh, it's these movies are, I and then like Candace Cameron is in one where she's like a shoe shopping addict or something. It's like, it just gets better and fucking better. It gets better. That, that was no lie, people. All right. So yeah, stop apologizing about busy businesswoman. Okay. Now, Speaking of Christmas, I got to tell you people, summer is almost over. I mean, basically, it's almost Labor Day. And, you know, you're going to start, the time is going to start going by faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. Before you know it, the weather, we're going to daylight savings, going to be darker earlier, might be colder where you live. Lots of holidays coming up. Get some Jewish holidays where you see your family. You got Halloween where maybe you don't have kids and you feel bad about it and you're sitting at home, I don't know, eating all the candy. Going, it didn't work out this year that I met someone out of family. You Thanksgiving's coming up, you gotta see your family Christmas. I mean, there's so many problems that the winter can bring up from the darkness to the cold to the holidays. Every single thing that you don't like about your life seems to be highlighted during the season. Why not get a jump on it right now, people? If you've never tried therapy, why not start with Talkspace? They're my favorite sponsor, Talkspace.com. Oh, wait, they're not even a sponsor for this week. I think I've lost my mind. I mean, I don't think I have. No, they're not even a sponsor this week. Okay. Try them anyway, but they're not a sponsor this week. (laughs) I've lost my freaking mind. Here's what you can do. You can start in on having good fucking hair. Okay. Because it's summer and you know, you fucked up your hair, all that salt water at the beach. Sure. It looks good. Sure. You've got that little like, you know, that just sort of fun beach, beachy waves, but you're just damaging your hair and you swam in all the chlorine and everything's a mess. And you might have to do a lot of color correction and you might have to do a lot of stuff and it's back to school time and it's coming back from summer vacation. And it's just like, look, we can't do anything about your sunburn, but we can do something about your hair. Trust me. I'm way into it. Suave. Whether you try their smoothing suave almond and shea butter shampoo or the damage repair suave coconut oil infusion, I'm telling you, my hair is frizzy in this humidity. It's driving me nuts. 
I do a lot of other things to control it, like spray this oil on it. It's not working. You have to start at the root and I'm not even being, it's not even a pun. Like start the moment you wet your hair and you put shampoo on it. That's where healing your hair begins. Suave almond and shea butter shampoo and conditioner. That's right. Suave. You buy it at the drugstore. I'm telling you, you don't need all this fancy beep. And it's a money back guarantee. You don't like it, get your money back. Suave for hair you can believe. It actually works. It moisturizes my hair, keeps it smooth. I also love the coconut oil infusion damage repair because I damage my hair. I bleach it. I use a hot iron. I use a hair dryer. Suave actually works. Don't take my word for it. Try it yourself. Money back guarantee for hair you can believe. All right. So somebody wrote me, this topic is still going on. Oh, first of all, okay, so remember last week when I was saying that my ghost started chatting when I was talking to the uh, the married man who married uh, his husband and his, his mom wanted them to have, you know, some kind of big wedding. So we had a listener weigh in, and uh, I don't know if it's a man or a woman. I didn't put their name down, but they have some advice um, for our uh, gentleman friend who's married. And uh, I wonder if the ghost will interrupt when I'm reading about this. If it happens again, I'm, I'm seriously have to stop doing the podcast. I'll freak the fuck out. I will go like literally like the way they used to portray crazy people in old movies. Like I'll be doing that with my fingers and my lips and just sitting like, was it Fred Flintstone used to do that? I don't know. I'd just sit in a bed doing that. Okay. Hi, Jen, and the dude in a happy marriage whose parents are stirring up drama. I have one suggestion and one quote. My suggestion is that you personally message or have a phone conversation ah, with the extended family members who are hurt that you didn't invite them. I assume they're older or at least more traditional. And a conversation about your marriage, how you don't want a wedding, and just to catch up could go a long way to placate them and make them feel included. The quote type thing is more about needs versus wants. It's unhealthy to give up your needs for someone else's wants. It sounds like you are asserting that you don't want the wedding and your parents are asserting that they need this wedding. First of all, that's impossible. They can't need someone else to have a ceremony. It has nothing to do with them. So that's a want and they're being dramatic. And it sounds like you actually need to avoid a ceremony, large wedding for your and your partner's well-being and to stick to your principles. Your parents can't ask you to put aside your needs for their wants. That's messed up. That's a really, really, really interesting thing that you brought up that sometimes we have a want and we don't know that it's a need. And sometimes we have a need or we think we do, and we don't know that it's actually a want. And you have to be a brave little soldier either way to recalibrate, especially if you think you have a need and it turns out it's just a want, right? That's a good one. I don't know who wrote this because I didn't keep your name on there, but thank you for that. And, uh, and I agree. Okay. We've got another lovelorn. Well, that person wasn't lovelorn, but, um, hi, Jen. I saw you in New York City last fall, and I'm a big fan. I'm a 26-year-old working, worky, working, busy businesswoman who is building a career in media-based finance. I don't even know what that is, but good for you. Unlike what Hallmark Christmas movies would have you believe, I have been in a healthy, happy relationship for three-plus years with a nice finance bro. Very rare. She said that. Unfortunately, his current firm is going haywire, and he has to take a job in London. 
He has dual citizenship. This is already so hallmarky. We were slated to move in together in the fall. As an on-again, off-again New Yorker, I am sure you understand how stressful housing in the city can be and what a commitment that is, both fiscally and emotionally. Yep. Oh, I sure do. But due to this turn of events, this step is postponed indefinitely. He isn't in love with this job and doesn't view it as a long-term position. I have communicated that if I'm going to stick around for the next 12 to 18 months, I am going to need some type of binding commitment, i.e. engagement, and the ski city trip to the Alps in Paris, which I have been pushing for for a while. (laughs) I am nervous that he won't want to leave, and I will either have to compromise my career by either finding a new job or trying to transfer to the London office. I have already asked my Gen X aunt best friend, but would love your input on this. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, and I don't like to talk about my own love life on the podcast, but you know, my ex and I broke up. It was very sad and, um, he's not a bad guy. It's just some people have more problems in life and, um, they need to work on them during the absence of a relationship. And sometimes it's just takes a long time and we are in each other's life. And I think we've talked about that we'd like to make it work someday, but we don't know when that day will be. And it's really painful sometimes to let him go. In other words, while he's on this journey of the self and while I am, maybe that will bring us to other people that we're actually supposed to be with, or it's not even maybe about another person that we're supposed to be with, but just bring us apart for good with no sign of reconciliation because that's what's supposed to be because that would give us our ultimate happiness. You know, so that's all I'm going to say about that. And nobody write to me about that. I don't, I don't like when I say something personal and then it's not on my mind. And then someone emails me, thanks for what you said. It's like, please don't. That was a cone of trust that I just said all that. Now, the reason I'm saying it is because when I'm gripping and bargaining and thising and thatting in all areas of life, not just this recent thing that I just talked about, If there is anxiety in what you're doing, then you're not letting the universe kind of guide you through it. Does that make sense? Now we all have anxiety. I have anxiety, but a test doesn't mean you shouldn't take it. But what I noticed here is you, you're experiencing life, right? You're in a relationship with someone who has free will. You're in a relationship with someone who has a different job than you. And that job has its own free will and it could take him to London. It could take him here. And you want certainty. We all do. I need certainty. I need certainty because what dot, 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 dot. After that is always a list of fears. What if it doesn't work out? Then I wasted all my time. Then I'm old. Then I can have kids. Then blah, 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 blah. I risk my career. Okay. Listen, what would you do if this guy wasn't in your life? Would you move to London for no reason and risk your career? Probably not. Is it this black and white? Do you risk your career? You compromise a job. Are you really compromising a career? Because it sounds like transferring to the London office is in line with your career. I don't know that many details about it. I'm just asking you if you can even allow yourself to daydream for five minutes about how it might not be a compromise, a risk, or blah, blah, blah. The other thing is, if he doesn't want to stay, then he doesn't want to stay. And it doesn't mean he doesn't love you, but it's it's sort of like the way that you're like, I don't want compromise 
and find a new job and transfer in the London office. It's a part of you that doesn't want to do that. And nothing about him will make you do that. It's not about him, in other words. And, and it's the same back and forth. So instead of you're making him an enemy right now without even knowing it, like if I don't get this, this, and this, like you're suddenly bargaining, then I don't know if I can do that. Instead of, honey, we're so in love. We love each other. What do we do as a couple? We both have these opportunities that don't seem to line up. What do we do as a couple? I know it's harder for you because you say he doesn't love his job. So why would he move somewhere when he doesn't love it? That's his own issue. I don't know. He has to work on making good choices. But it's like, if you can let go, because one thing that will drive any person away is this, when, when we're in need and we're in panic and we feel like we might be abandoned or our life goal might be taken from us, we get selfish. When we're in fear, we're selfish. There's no room to think about other people. There's no room even to think about positive things about ourselves. Like we get, our world gets so small. And I just saw you take a very big world. You love your job, healthy relationship, a very nice guy. And, and then it just got so small. I've been married and I did that same thing. If I'm going to move in with you, then I want commitment. It's like commitment. We've divorce exists. So commitment via a ring or a marriage is a false sense of commitment. A real commitment would be not making a giant decision like that right now. This is the least romantic thing in the world to be like, I need a commitment. Oh, first of all, you don't really like your job. Your company's going haywire. You might have to move to London. Like he's a person with feelings. He might be devastated about this. Like get on his side. Let him get on your side. You guys are in this together. This is, this is partner time. This is what marriage is actually about is, is not how do we tell the other one, if you don't do this, I don't do this. That's not compromise. That's threats and bargaining. Marriage is off the table. Marriage is off the table for one year. That would be what I tell you. That cannot be the trip to Paris and the Alps. No. If you sense he is not a very committed person to you, if that's what's underneath all of this, then none of that's going to change it. It's only going to be good on Instagram for everyone else to see. If he really is committed to you and you've never doubted it before, um, then that's who he is. And no job and no thing is going to change it. Maybe you guys live apart for a few months. That's not going to kill you. Uh, maybe you're afraid without the commitment, he'll find someone else. He can find them even though there's a ring on your finger. Because there ain't one on his. They don't do engagement rings for men. You know, you're not trusting in him or the universe. And he is going to feel this energy and you're going to turn into a nut job. <laughs> I mean, it's like classic stuff, you know. So I would say... And I'm saying this from, I'm telling you, I've been through some of the hardest things in my life with relationships and things like this. When I do nothing, fucking miracles happen. I know you can't like do nothing. You have to decide where to live. But every time you think you have an idea, write it down. Just like you did this. I'm a trip to the Alps. I went blah, blah. Just write it down in the notes section on your phone. This is what I want to say to Charlie today. I need this. I need this. And then don't say it to him and give it up to, if you have any kind of like a sense of a higher being or the universe or tooth fairy put under your pillow to say, I'm not going to bring this to him. How can you and him deal with this as adults? You're, you're now 
adding, you're taking something already complicated and you're putting way more complications on it. And then putting commitment is too much. You need to simplify. The world is not ending. You are just two people with jobs, jobs that bring you to different countries. That's all that's happening. Two people who love each other. There's some weird job stuff. It's really not what you're making it. You're in a panic because this is a very physical manifestation of, oh my God, this person could leave me, but they could leave you anyway. And nothing is going to fix that. Not marriage, not trips to the Alps, not living in the same place. This might be the best thing that ever happens to you. What if, what if you do some positive fantasy? What if he moves to London and you stay in New York for a while? Whatever. I know there's financial stuff, but I'm just saying, and it makes him love you even more. What if he even, I mean, you have no idea what could happen. Maybe on the craziest off chance you're not supposed to be with him, this is exactly what's supposed to happen. And that I don't think that's the case. I'm just saying like, there are so many millions of things that could happen. And you just listed three here that all seem from a place real tight. So that, that would be my advice is do less, do nothing and do less to the point where you're doing nothing. Do not talk about this with him overly. Talk to him about his feelings, not his feelings for you, his feelings. How does he feel? about all this conundrum. Hold space for him. He will do it back to you. This is partner time. This is not prosecution, attorney, defense time. That's what I think. Okay. Last week, uh, we're still going on with people who are upset about the feminist or not feminist notion of taking someone's last name. So a couple of weeks ago, someone said, Hey, I took I kept my dad's name. Okay. So this woman is saying, Jen, this is a response to the woman who doesn't think that keeping your last name when you get married is a feminist issue. I have paused a workout to write this because I am so incensed. I've never heard something so wrong. She even demonstrates this herself when she said that she's taking her future husband's name, but refers to her current last name as her father's. Why is her future husband's last name his own name, but women's is just our father's? My last name is my own, thank you. And secondly, it will continue to be a feminist issue until people stop assuming that the woman will take the man's last name and instead ask each couple what they are planning on doing regarding last names. I'm glad that feminism has given her a choice, but let's be real. Also, choice feminism is bullshit. Thanks for reading if you did, Emily. (laughs) I hate, I'm just passing along the information to everybody. Okay? Okay. I... Love this sponsor because it's just the coolest thing you know. I love subscription boxes and I think you've got to get into them. They're the coolest thing. Even if there's like one item in the box you don't want, they're like amazing gifts. And you always are getting so much bang for your buck. You're paying a quarter of what everything in the box is worth. It's the coolest thing. I, I'm talking specifically, of course about FabFitFun. And the fall box is now on pre-sale. The boxes start shipping. Well, they've started shipping August 20th. So you can reserve the highly anticipated fall box today. What is FabFitFun? It is a seasonal subscription box that delivers full-size fashion, beauty, home, fitness, and wellness products. It's delivered four times a year for just $4.99 a box. That is unreal because I'm telling you, I've had a box recently. I swear to God, it was like well over $100 worth of stuff. Um, But not just like some box jam-packed with a bunch of crap. It's amazing. Like 
Now, this is a spoiler. This is a spoiler. But some of the full-size products that you could get in the fall box is the Glam Glow Bubble Sheet Mask, Beauty Blender in Pro Original Chill, like, awesome. Um, Members can choose between a Vince Camuto um, tote in black or different colors. It's unreal. The total retail value of the fall box is over $275 and it doesn't even cost $200 a year to have this box. Does it make sense to have these, to have four boxes? I just got the summer one. I loved it and I'm so excited for the fall box and I'm going to go customize my membership and make sure that I get exactly what I want. So members only, um, if you become a member, you get great products for incredible value in the box. You also, as a member, get access to exclusive sales from all the amazing brands that FabFitFun partners with at a really great deal, like up to 70% off usually. Um, whether it's cooking with the housewives or toning up with Jillian Michaels, FabFitFun members can work out and eat right with the help of FabFitFun TV anywhere, anytime. New content is added monthly. So anyway, sign up for FabFitFun today to get your fall box. The FabFitFun fall box is in limited supply. These boxes always sell out. Oh, trust me, they do. So here's how you're going to do it. Use my code Kirkman, K-I-R-K-M-A-N, to get $10 off your first box. So you go to fabfitfun.com, that's F-A-B-F-I-T-F-U-N.com, to sign up and start getting the box for a life well-lived. Again, use promo code Kirkman to get $10 off your first box. That is over $200 worth of stuff for only $39.99. Go to fabfitfun.com. Use my code Kirkman, $10 off of your first FabFitFun box. I cannot recommend this enough. It, it, it is the joy of your life quarterly. It's like, it's like someone sending you a gift who actually nails everything that you would want. And, it, and it's going to put people in your life to shame. Like when you open Christmas and birthday gifts or whatever, you're going to be like, eh, it's not a FabFitFun box. Like no one knows you like FabFitFun. Uh, you'll love it. Get into it. Um, I wanted to give a shout out to this woman who is using I Seem Fun for learning English, which may not be a good thing because I feel as though I have a terrible vocabulary <laughs> and I make up words. But She writes, hi, Jen, I'm from Honduras, but I live in Mexico. I follow you since I watched your first Netflix special. I didn't know that you had a podcast until you replied a comment on Instagram. You should listen to my podcast. I do since that day. English is not my mother language, Spanish. I believe me, I use this podcast to improve my listening while washing the dishes. I love your JKL Netflix special. I am a fan. Um, what did she say? I'm a fan. I listen on Spotify. Please read this email in your podcast. And what do you think about people who speak other languages? Listen. XO. It looks like it's Quendi, but she said pronounced like candy. So what do I think about people who speak other languages who listen to this podcast? Um, I think it's amazing. I mean, I do not understand another language enough to listen to a podcast in, you know, I speak some French. Could I listen to a podcast in French? No. I feel like for me, whenever I'm practicing another language, 
I get it and I can do it slowly. But if I were to listen to something on my own, it suddenly seems like everyone is talking so fast. So when I'm taking a French class and I've done it in real life, you know, I've taken French classes in high school and I've taken some adult education French classes. I've listened to those, whatever you call them. You buy those things and you, you know what I mean? They're apps, they're CD-ROMs, whatever you want to call them. Um, language learning things. And it makes sense. I'm like, écoutez et répétez. And then you go to Paris or something, or Montreal or anything like that, and people are like, bonjour. I'm like, huh? I don't even know where one word starts, the other one begins. I'm blown away by anyone who can pick up. It's just something my little brain cannot comprehend. Um, and I did start young. I started in sixth grade. But uh, I guess I'm just a dumb fuck, everybody. So I think it's fantastic that anyone out there listens who English isn't their first language and maybe, you know, uh, only understands some of what I'm saying. <laughs> but please write in, I seem fun at gmail.com and let me know what other languages you speak and if English is your second language and if in any way. Now, do you want me, the woman who sent me the email, do you want me to read you the email and tell you where I noticed like articles that you didn't use? So let's see. I follow you since I watched your first Netflix special. So it would be, I've followed you. I have followed you since. Um, you said you should listen to my podcast. I do since that day. So you could say I have since that day. Or you could say, I do now, ever since that day. Um, I use this podcast to improve my listening. Okay, yep, I'm a fan. Please read this email in your podcast, so it would be on your podcast. And what do you think about people who speaks other languages listen? So it would be, and what do you think about people who speak other languages who listen? Um is that helpful? Did I just, is that what it's called? Articles? Did I just teach that? It's so hard. Like when I try to write things in French, I'm like pen, paper, pillows. Like I have no idea, um, any of the words that connect other words. So hats off to anyone who speaks more than one language and can get through this podcast because seriously, I don't even use the English language correctly. So again, the fuck do I know? What the fuck do I know? Um, so I don't know if you know, but a couple weeks ago was international self care day. And, um, I asked you guys what you do for self care. And, uh, some of you got back to me. Some of you were probably like, I don't do anything for self care, bitch. Hang on. Okay. So I asked some of you to tell me what your self care is. And I'm going to read some of them. A lot of them were for men, which I love. I love that men are into self care. Um, somebody wrote one, eating frozen cake frosting straight out of the can. Is that self-care? Two, drunk history. Three, $20 worth of yogurtology. Four, getting cuticles cut. Oh my God. Five, flowers. <laughs> What's yogurtology? Is it, I guess a yogurt job. Um, another self-care. From a guy, I'll call him Max. I must've written that myself. He said, it's okay if you use my first name, but please do not use my last name. 
so I think I made up a first name for Max. He said, I saw your tweet about self-care routines and I thought I would share mine. For me, my biggest indulgence and most rewarding self-care activity is bathing. I take a hot bubble bath at least three times a week, but aim for five. I use Epsom salts. Me too. Ladies, by the way, if you take a hot Epsom salt bath and pour like, I mean, two giant cups, I don't mean like a mug, but like a, you'd get a measuring cup, you know, and sit in it. Um, for 15 to 20 minutes, you can shrink. It like sucks the water out of your body. So you can shrink like a half inch off your waist. If you're trying to squeeze into like some jeans or a dress for a party, always Epsom salt bath, like an hour before you're squeezing into anything, go to a wedding, whatever. Just that's my little tip for you. I take a hot bubble bath at least three times. And I use Epsom salts, different brands of bubble bath. I constantly rotate and I'm on the search for the longest lasting, most luxurious bubbles and well thought out playlist for music. While the hot water, salt, and soap are key ingredients, it's really the music that makes or breaks the experience for me. I've never thought about putting on music during a bath. There's like podcasts on, people like ranting about politics, you know, or it's quiet and I'm just like playing design home on my phone that I'll eventually drop in the tub. I have playlists for when I'm feeling sad, if I've gone through a breakup, if I need to relax. The first five or so songs on each playlist are ones that I know most of the words to, and I sing along at top volume. Each bath is like a mini concert I have in my bathroom to myself. I love this. I've done this for years and was pleasantly surprised to find that scientists are now finding health benefits, not only with soaking in hot water, but also that singing releases endorphins and can relieve both stress and pain. I refer to my baths as an indulgence because I know that it does waste hot water and there are certain environmental concerns about most commercial bath products. I once read that Oprah had a custom bathtub molded to her body and I'm hoping one day to have a custom bathtub of my own. Love the podcast. Yeah. I mean, if there's something you can do for water preservation, it sucks because you can't use the water. If you put all that stuff in it, you can't then like use it to water your plants or use it for this, but maybe there is something you can do with the water after there's a way to recycle the water somehow and use it for something else. Um, not sure what that would be, but, um, don't wash your dishes in it. That's disgusting. But um, I know what you mean because we're having a drought in LA and I do take some Epsom salt baths, but I'm like, well, I also don't live there half the year. I don't know. Is that, uh? but um, I think that's fantastic. And yes, you know, si- this is so cool because I'm taking singing lessons and when I'm done with my lesson, I'm literally high. I can feel that buzzing in my head and that warm feeling going up my neck and I'm smiling and I feel so good. And when I'm singing at my lessons, I get so lost in it that I don't think I've thought about anything else except exactly what I'm concentrating on in that moment. And that is such a gift. And I seriously, like I haven't had a singing lesson in two weeks. I'm going tonight to mine. Not tonight when you hear this, but tonight when I record this and I can't wait. I can't wait. And I love singing. And I went to see Isaac Mizrahi at City Winery and he has a cabaret act now. And, you know, he was a fashion designer and all this. And he's got an amazing voice and he's very funny. And he tells these like fun jokes and he's got the band and it's just fun. Like you tell a few jokes, you talk about what you're doing and then you sing a song that corresponds to it. And I'm like, I want to do that. Like, I don't know if anyone wants me to hear to sing cabaret to them or fucking what's the other one I'm working on in my class. Um, all that jazz, but, um, what good can't do it right now. Sitting alone in your room. See, it's not good because people can hear me. Come hear the music play. Um, God, it just, Oh, it'd be, Oh God. I love it. Singing is 
singing, and this is how I feel about dance too, whenever I dance, my soul is happy. It is truly, I think, what the human body and soul are meant to do. Sing all you can, you guys. Sing and dance all the time. And maybe lay off the cake frosting to that other listener. Now, speaking of scientists have said, something that JKL has been doing is putting up her Christmas decorations early. Now I might not put them up that early this year only because I haven't been home all year and I kind of like to enjoy my apartment, like not having it look like Christmas so much because last year I kept my decorations up until February because I was, it was like a good luck thing for this show that I was waiting to get picked up, which didn't get picked up. So I guess the good luck didn't work, but, um, there's an article in uh, Harper's Bazaar UK Putting your Christmas decorations up early is good for your happiness levels. Every year, it feels like Christmas begins earlier and earlier. Yeah, everyone's always like, don't do that. It's just a corporate... But I'm like, I'm not a mall trying to get you to buy things early. I'm at home and I want twinkly lights up because it's good for my serotonin, you stooge, you scrooge. Um, every year, it feels like Christmas begins earlier and earlier with festive television adverts filling our screens and rows of seasonal goodies being stocked in the shops. And generally speaking, this will make you feel one of two ways, all fuzzy and warm inside or internally screaming, but it's still November. By the way, that is when the season begins. I don't know anyone who bitches about decorations in November. Get them out of your life. They're toxic. If you're the latter and put off decorating your house until the very last minute, you could be doing yourself a disservice, reveals one psychologist. According to Steve McCowan, a psychoanalyst and founder of Mind Fixers in the McCowan Clinic, people who start putting up their Christmas decorations earlier could be happier and feel less stressed. But why? He explained that getting in the festive spirit with fairy lights and tinsel is very nostalgic and helps us reconnect to happy childhood memories. Yeah, but not everyone had a happy childhood. I don't think it's just that. I think it's that it's a sense of play and it's a sense of silliness and it's a sense of not taking things too seriously. Although there could be a number of symptomatic reasons why someone would want to obsessively put up decorations early, most commonly for nostalgic reasons or to compensate for past neglect. In a world full of stress and anxiety, people like to associate to things that make them happy. Decorations are simply an anchor or a pathway to magical emotions of excitement. Putting up those Christmas decorations early extends the excitement. Furthermore, Amy Morin, psychotherapist and best-selling author of 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do, told publication that it might also help to feel more connected after the loss of loved ones. Perhaps the holidays serve as a reminder of when a loved one was still alive, or maybe looking at a Christmas tree reminds someone of what life was like when they still believed in Santa. For people who have lost a loved one, the holidays may serve as a reminder of happy times they had with that person in the past. Decorating early may help them feel more connected with that individual. So there you have it. Embrace the festive feeling and dig out the baubles to feel less stressed, even if it is still November. November? That's like late. I'm talking October, people. Put it up in October. Put it up before Christmas and feel the freak show effect. I'm telling you, you guys, we're going to talk about that on future episodes. As we get closer to the date, I want everyone sending me pictures of their Christmas decorations. And we're going to talk about, oh my God, I might do an episode or at least a half an episode about like homemade um homemade things you can do to decorate. Oh my God. Look at me planning my episodes in advance. Okay. Well, there you go. Self-care, sing, dance, maybe don't put your decorations up just yet, but try to enjoy yourselves until next week. Have fun.